spread the word helps indie podcasters like myself to get the word out and uh, if you do i will hand wash your car for you <laughs> so about nine weeks ago i went to see aria speedwagon a band i grew up listening to and as always i look forward to watching the set of whomever the supporting band might be and that night it was the band i have on today sir please not only did the audience stop their conversation and listen while we were all in this packed venue but we all just loved what we heard. I got a chance to chat with some of the guys uh, that night and reached out and invited them to join me. And here we are. So in a journey to the stage first, I have the entire band joining me today. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So guys, thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course. thanks for having us, Brian. Awesome. So I'm going to take you back to your high school days here a little bit. I'm going to call your name and you have to tell me either here, present, or tell me what your favorite food is. So uh, Shane, are you there? <laughs> I'm here, and my favorite food is Werther's Caramel Suckers. Ooh, <laughs> nice. nice. That's very specific. I like that. Um, Michael Lees. Here, present and accounted for, and my favorite <laughs> food is probably just any variety of Mexican food. My my own heart. I like that. All right, Josh, bassist and vocalist, Josh Cronin. Josh, you there? Present, and my favorite food is a California roll. Ooh, okay, okay. And, of course, we can't forget that our drummer here, David, you there? I'm here. And uh, favorite food, pasta. Ooh, okay. Any anyone in particular, just in general, pasta? Probably in general, but bolognese. No, just uncooked pasta. Yeah, uncooked <laughs> pasta. <laughs> yeah, raw noodles, yeah. He likes the- that's, that's awesome. Well, guys, I'm so glad you joined me. We're going to play a couple songs from your debut album. I've got this queued up and ready. Um, but before we get there, I want to learn a little bit about your journey so far. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a well-known fact that bass players in a band are often overlooked. So, Josh, my first question is going to go to you. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's 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 it's, it's true. Um, tell us, you know, kind of where the band came from. Where where did you guys get your start? Have you guys, you know, grew up friends? Like, just give us a little bit of the, the origin story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So we didn't know each other before high school, but, you know, in high school, there was just a bunch of bands in our general area and just a bunch of people hanging out, going to jams and a lot of mutual friends. And honestly, it wasn't anything like super special or crazy. We just kind of like spontaneously met up to jam one night and it was kind of just history from there. It was uh, originally me, Shane and Michael. And then within, I think, like two or three months we tried a couple different drummers and then eventually landed on David and it was the right fit from day one. So, and so those early days, what were you guys playing? What, what, what songs, and this could go to, to any of you guys, what, what were the songs that you guys kind of were, were going for? 
Yeah, I mean, anyone feel free to chime in, but I think I want to say the first time we met up to jam, we definitely jammed like Champagne Supernova and oh, like, okay. I don't know if we were into nothing but thieves yet, but like we played the Killers. Sit. Oh, we did not the Killers, but we did Don't Sit Down because I moved your chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, we did a lot of Arctic Monkeys. Just like Arctic straight monkeys. up, straight up rock and roll. Like it was <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. rock. Yeah. A lot of yeah. that. Yeah. Young the Giant, we attempted. I remember we were attempting to cover Young the Giant at the beginning. We were just like, oh, we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Okay, so tell us where the name comes from. Because so here's what happened when I saw you guys. I was sitting there with next to these people I hadn't met before. And as I mentioned in my introduction, as soon as you guys started, you know, everyone's just talking and and some don't appreciate supporting bands. I do. I, I think it's so huge to go out and see a supporting act. It's just, to me, it's vital because they're the they're the headliners of tomorrow. Is kind of how I see it. You know what I mean? So everyone's awesome. having their conversations, and you guys start, and you were captivating. Like it is very noticeable. Everybody stopped and listened, and was looking at each other like, "Okay, these guys are good." But then I was I was trying to figure out who what your guys' name was, and I jumped on. Are you Speedwagon's website? And it didn't have you guys listed as as joining them for this. And so then somebody next to me said your name. And I'm like, what? Because it was obviously you were playing. And it was, you know, it's not a, a name I was expecting. And I was like, please, what? <laughs> so, so, sir, please tell us where you guys came up with this name. It's kind of It's kind of original. I like it. Well, I think you'd be surprised at how unoriginal and original sounding thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, in reality, there was a there was a YouTube video that I'd gotten "Sir, please" as sort of a catchphrase from. We were all just sort of saying it as like just like kind of a catchphrase at the time, uh, just going like "Sir, please," you know, just like kind of as a joke. Yeah. And we were we were we had a different band name at the time, and we one that we didn't like. <laughs> uh, and so we were looking for a new one and we were just going around and around in circles. We couldn't find anything. And then eventually we realized it was kind of like right in front of us. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's how that happened. But no, we totally nicked that from a YouTube video. <laughs> Dude, it can be interpreted in, in a million different ways, which is why I kind of like it. Yeah. You, you guys uh, come from musical families. Like what was that like? Was there a lot of music uh, around you guys growing up and you know, that was influential in your desire to start playing your instruments? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Josh and I are twins. Our dad's a musician. My, our dad's parents were like big into show choir stuff when they were younger. Oh. Michael's dad's a, a musician as well. David's dad was a, was a, a killer bass player. So yeah, we all, we all kind of have hints of music here and there in our background. Always had like instruments laying around the house just kind of ready mm -hmm. ready for us to like mess around with um yeah when the time came so yeah that that's awesome. a big that's a big one in my opinion is just kind of having instruments around all the time yeah mm -hmm. uh, just having that access to be able to mess around that's that's really cool and your guys sister sings too doesn't she yeah she does yeah, very she, well she's like the reason why at least, I mean, for me personally, she's like the reason why I got into music in the first place. Cause really? That's yeah, super Josh cool. We're, we're like basketball players going into high school. And she pretty much like forced us to do choir with her. <laughs> uh, and we were like, okay, like, you know, yes, I guess we'll do it. And we, we both <laughs> just fell in love with, or at least that's when I like discovered music as like a, a passion. Yeah. It was like freshman year of high school and then quit the, quit the basketball team. I stopped growing. <laughs> half an eighth grade, I was 
books in 11th and 10th grade. So I was like, okay, this is probably it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so who's winning one-on-one -on -one against uh, between you and your brother? It is a coin flip pretty much every time. <laughs> That's yeah, what's really. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I'm going to the gym as much. As I am, you know. Yeah. Depends on the day. I got you. I got you. So for the rest of you guys, was there a lot of music being played as well? Like what, what were some of those early artists and bands maybe that your parents were listening to that kind of captured your ear? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my dad introduced me to like Frank Zappa from a young age. Oh, wow. Yeah. His influence on me. And then my mom's influence was like Michael Jackson. And so oh, nice. those were kind of the two big ones growing up in my house. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a pretty similar experience. Just like uh, my mom was a big fan of 70s and 80s classic rock. So I grew up with like a lot of that stuff. But my dad was a little older. So he hipped me to like, you know, the Beatles and mm -hmm. the Doors and stuff like that at an early age. And then, yeah, like I, I remember distinctly when my mom showed me like Michael Jackson and, and Prince, which ended up informing like so much of what I love about music. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the main pillars essentially. That is so interesting to, to hear you guys talk about this because what we'll talk a little about later is some of those influences and how they've impacted your sound, because I can hear elements of a lot of those artists that you guys made. And so we're going to come back to that because I'm, I'm actually really, really interested in that. So you guys get together, you're jamming, you're, you're playing some songs, maybe trying some things that are above your head. Like every, all, all musicians try that, right? Which is how you grow, which is super cool. Uh, do you guys remember kind of your first official gig and what was that like for you? Was it a backyard party? Was it, you know, something at school? Like, what was that? And how are you guys feeling in that, in that moment? Does the battle of the bands at agora count that, that was pre-david pre oh that was pre-david that's true so the candy club no it would have been was it march, rock and roll pizza march, march, no, munch madness. yeah munch madness munch madness oh, yeah so we played we played at me at david's high school at like a sort of food truck, food truck festival. festival that they had like in the parking lot and it was it was probably the worst like <laughs> it was probably the worst thing ever. I mean, I remember I, I wouldn't know. I broke a string on stage and didn't Ooh. have a backup guitar, and I had to like borrow somebody's guitar. Were you stopping the chain? I feel like the show like got stopped because of a technical difficulty. Oh or my something. god! Yeah, we had to stop the show because I broke my string, and we had to take like five because I had to go find something. And yeah, I think yeah. it was during that break <laughs> that they started playing like house music, and I don't remember. I forget what the cover was. It was uh, for Eden by uh, oh, by oh, Hosier. Hosier. And I yeah. remember, yes, yeah, so I play that because I did not learn that song. Yeah, yeah. We, they they played that song. And we all just looked at each other in disbelief. We were like, no way. Oh. See, at this point, I would be thinking, okay, who's sabotaging me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, But that's cool though to be able to look back at those times when things just go dramatically wrong, you can laugh about it now, right? I mean, oh, that's it was, it was all uphill from there. Yeah. And yeah. And honestly, <laughs> even then I feel like most of that experience was more exciting than horrifying. Yeah. In, in general, yeah, right, right, right. looking back, it's, it's funny, but yeah, definitely in the moment it was like, a rock, we're like doing the things. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> I mean, know how early this was because like, I remember the other thing I remember about that show is I forgot my pedal board. <laughs> oh wow 
and I, I like this is that's amateur hour if you've oh ever God. heard it. I had to go back to the house to get my pedal board. That's not something you could just borrow from somebody because you know it's they're your pedals. You've got your own tones and everything dialed in, and so yeah, oh, you can't just swap somebody out. Yeah, that's a mistake you only make once, right? Because you know the rest of the band will. Yeah, slay I, you. I definitely did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, that's a mistake you only make twice. We'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so that's cool. So, you know, I know just from bands and stuff that I was in, it's it's a lot of fun to play other people's songs, right? You've got your favorites. It's something that's within your ability to play and you you own it and kind of make it your own, but it's kind of a big step to start writing on your own. Like at what point did you guys get there and say, you know what, this is cool. I dig playing these other songs, but I want to, I want our own songs. Like what, what got you to that point and what was that process like for you guys? It's funny. Cause the first time when Josh kind of referenced like the, the jam we had together um, where it, we just kind of kept meeting and like decided to form a band. We, we actually like wrote a song during that like session. Yeah. That um, very first time we yeah. met. After we knew each other for like a couple hours, and we're like, "Oh, let's let's write something." I get. I don't. I mean, it was. I had never really written anything like that. I would show anybody before, so it was pretty yeah. new to, to me. Um, and we actually like still play that song today. Yeah, I'll, I'll let these guys take it because they're the primary writers. But gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I really that is it because I don't. I don't think any of us were really serious at all about songwriting like we mm-hmm. were all really interested in you know being in a band and stuff but something about the jam session that we had when we first met like mm-hmm. we just felt like doing some writing and I feel like it was that that actually more than anything kind of made us be like oh we should be getting together more often because mm-hmm. none of us had really had that experience before where a new thing had come so naturally mm-hmm. so yeah I mean honestly it was kind of just right when we met that we decided that we wanted to start like taking writing a little more seriously. But even, even then I think it took a couple of years until it was like something that we decided to make like our, our main thing. Yeah. We we had a couple originals that we were able to like make a, you know, 30 minute set out of. Mm -hmm. And then I think we kind of rode those for about a year and then, Yeah. yeah it was getting to the point where we wanted to start booking more shows like in LA and stuff. And we're from like, you know, suburbs kind of like an hour and an hour away. And so we kind of figured, you know, we kind of have to have something on Spotify or something on the internet of our music in order to really like book shows. So that was kind of like the main motivation for recording our first song dance with me. And then after that, it was, we kind of just had this moment where we were like, Oh, you know, like we we kind of felt really empowered by releasing that and and just like the process and we enjoyed so much that we were okay. Like I remember we had like an actual meeting to talk about like, you know, let's really take this seriously and like are we yeah. do we all like we all like wanna do this, like for real. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing this until we're like, you know, in our thirties and like that that was kind of like the commitment that we made to each other really early on. And so yeah. once we kind of did that, we sort of realized, you know, songwriting is, is super important in mm-hmm. your career as an artist, if not like kind of the most important thing. And so, yeah, yeah we kind of started taking it much more seriously and have really never looked back. You know? I really respect that because I know what it's like 
being in a band is fun when you're when you're playing music together. You guys know when you hit that groove and you feel like you're all connected and really in the sweet spot. It's it's magical and it's it's addicting, you know, the the adrenaline. But for a lot of guys it's just a fun weekend thing. But it's a whole nother level of commitment. It's like going from dating to marrying somebody, right? Like the commitment, it's just a much higher level and say, "All right, we're going to make a go of this." And we're all in. And uh, that's that's a big step. Was that has it been kind of nerve-wracking for you guys or what's that like? I feel like since we committed to that decision, it's kind of been at least for me, generally like not to say that there isn't like, you know, ups and downs or, you know, trials that come up, but in general yeah. I feel like it's I always feel every day that we're like sort of one step closer to our goal because we're always great, great. we always are putting in as much as we can to the to yeah. the project. So um, in that way, it's kind of just been like an uphill trajectory of being more and more excited by, you know, sort of like our potential, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first, too, we were we were pretty young. I think 17 or 18 about like kind of when we first had that conversation. So it was, wow. we were just yeah. really young. And so it was kind of like there wasn't really any sense of like fear or anxiety, angst tied to it or anything like that. Yeah. And I think now, like, you know, three of us are 23 and and David's 21, you know, definitely becoming more keen to the business side of things and Mm -hmm. how, I don't know, just kind of how like a career in music, you know, actually tangibly works. It definitely seems a lot. uh, I don't know how to really phrase this right, but I don't know. It's a little bit more daunting. I could, I I guess it would be fair to say just now that Mm -hmm. we're, bit more mature and a little older it it has kind of evolved like over the years that feeling but i think at the end of the day like we've the four of us and also too like we have two other members of the band that Mm -hmm. mostly just kind of play with us live but are you know just as much members we have like a pretty a pretty solid like support system for one another great and like we kind of always talk about how just like how thankful we are to have each other and and not having to like bear a hundred percent of the pressure like you know a solo artist would have to or or something like that we kind of can like i don't know just all all kind of lean on each other when we need it and and be each other so it's it's a lot less daunting because of that you're not in it alone you've got your literally your band of brothers to rely on to lean on and and to support each other keep each other encouraged because that you know at various points somebody might be feeling down or you know maybe feeling a little listless but you've got other guys to rally around you and kind of lift each other up that's that's cool i mean that's what friendship is all about so i think that's that's really really cool and as a solo artist you, you wouldn't have that you know at least to that degree and especially as a writer too i feel like whenever one of these guys comes in with a song that's just really good, it, it, it's like, so it makes me want to do more and, and like, it motivates me. So it's, it's kind of nice yeah. to, to have that as well. Well, you guys mentioned dance with me. That's, this was your first, was this like the first single that you released? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a great song. We're going to play it here in a minute, but before we do, tell us, tell us about the writing of it. Cause it, it is, it's a special song and, for you guys to strike that really kind of out of the gate that way is, I think is really remarkable as somebody who consumes a lot of music. Tell us about like how that song came about the writing of it and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, first of all, thank you. That's, that's really sweet. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 
I'll I'll just say that I feel like that that song kind of came about in a time where we were starting thanks to a lot to sort of David's influence in the band actually we were starting to go more in a a little bit more alternative pop direction Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. just strictly like alternative rock and so I really think like in a lot of ways that song was our attempt at that just doing something like a little poppier but still holding on to some of those more alt rock elements that we had been doing for so long Josh and I wrote the majority of that one but it came about like really naturally and and pretty quickly i'd say we wrote the whole thing in like maybe two or three days yeah really wow okay Um, it's such a super super catchy tune and it is i mean it's perfect to dance to so let's listen to it this is dance with me by sir please from their debut album simply loved and lingered on
besides being a really fun song and, and really catchy, as I mentioned, it, it's also really cool that it's not the type of song that we might expect to hear from from guys your age. I don't, I, I don't mean that anyway as a put down. I actually mean it as a compliment. Like I really appreciate that the, it's got a um, a feel to it that really draws in some influences from the past, at least that I can hear. Was there a certain style you were looking for that, or did it just kind of come out the way that it did? It definitely came out the way it did, I would say initially, but we we released a single version of that song and then we we re-recorded it for our album version. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we had seen the band Parcels live like a couple months before that. And that had really inspired us in that they will just like play a super funky groove for a mm-hmm. few minutes and it just doesn't get old because if the groove is right, it only keeps feeling better and better. And so, I mean, that in that way, I think that is definitely what inspired us to sort of extend the bridge and do a sort of whole like kind of funk breakdown. Yeah. Um, other than that, I feel like it was just sort of all of our natural elements coming together to try and serve the song. I think when we initially did it, I think Bad Sons played a big role in like influence mm. for that song, at least for that time period of us. Yeah, we Bad were into, we were into a lot of like bands that were doing very pop oriented like format and melody writing, but then mm-hmm. like kind of more distorted rock guitars and stuff like that. And so it was yeah. like this kind of I don't know like fresh take on like a lot of the stuff that was really popular in like the eighties and seventies kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of had that influence as like a lot of the stuff we were doing before we were into that. And then that kind of translated to a lot of the bands that we started to get really into around that time. And so it was kind of like a concoction of having a deep appreciation for a lot of classics. And then also like the bands that we were into, like the current bands kind of also were doing a lot of things that were taking from, from those kind of, of periods and i guess that was just mm-hmm. kind of our take on it there's a lot of bands that we all like and then we also kind of have like our own guilty pleasures and, and styles sure. that we listen to independently too yeah well that's cool because you guys you all get to bring that to the table and that's what helps to form your sound i mean as you guys talked about the stuff that you grew up listening to that's a wide spectrum and some really really original stuff i mean you talk about zappa and prince in particular man, you bring those types of influences into your own music, even hints here or there, you can really create something that's special. One of the things I really like about the song is it is, it's guitar driven uh, in a way, but it's not overdone. Like I, I think a lot of bands would have been tempted to throw some distortion on that and just kind of crunch it out a little bit. But you guys, I think showed some restraint in the way you voice the guitar tones that I think really serve the song a lot better. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, that's awesome. Thanks, man. I've listened to the album through several times and it is it is really filled with some some awesome songs. And you guys definitely borrow some styles and vibes from the past as we've talked about. I, I think my personal favorite could easily uh be a, a single as well is the title track. I really, really love that song. I can't remember. Did you guys play that song? Is it in your live set right now, the title track? I think we for the REO shows, we, we had a shorter set, so I don't think we were, were playing that one. Uh, yeah. But generally at our shows, we, we get around to it. Yeah. I hope this doesn't sound you know weird or anything, but there's a real maturity in the writing 
and the arranging and even in the production of that of the title track, I think it's a really, really good one. So I'm gonna encourage everybody to just go out, listen to the song, add it to your, you know, playlist or whatever. You're playing a lot of shows, as I mentioned. I saw you when here when you were here in uh with Ario Speedwagon. But that audience, you know, it's probably a lot of people from their late forties and up. In fact, I joked with some friends when we walked in, I'm like, man, we sh- I showed up at the bingo hall because, but they're my peers. So. <laughs> but as I mentioned earlier, what, as soon as you guys started playing conversation stopped and everyone's like, man, these guys are good. What, what is that like for you guys to, you know, as a, as a band that's fairly new to, to play to a place that's packed out, um, what's the audience engagement been like that, that you guys have noticed so far? There, there are definitely like pros and cons to uh, comparing like a sweaty hundred cap club show to like a theater show like that. The sound on stage is always really good at those shows. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sound techs and everything, they're all just really experienced and, you know, yeah. all the, all the gear is really good. The, the acoustics are great. Mm-hmm. Then there's like the, a bit of a disconnect with when there's 10 feet of space and then like a bunch of people sitting, it's very different from like being right up next to like a, a crowd. They're like standing and jumping. The generation difference is like people experience shows like much differently. People who would go see REO, they're very much there to like sit and listen to the songs that they like went to high school with people our age that come to club shows, they want to like jump and jump around and like get sweaty. Yeah. But those shows tend to sound pretty bad on stage. So it's like, <laughs> it's a weird trade off. It feels like a really sort of fulfilling challenge to go in front of a crowd that isn't necessarily like our regular demographic. Yeah. Like the REO crowds and feel like that we're able to sort of win them over by the end of our set. And that way I really enjoy it. And also I think, Playing those shows sometimes gives us the opportunity to pull out some stops that we normally wouldn't. Guilty you know, yeah, some man. guilty pleasures, yeah. just some old cla- like we played like you know, Carry On, Wayward Son, and stuff. Songs that we maybe normally wouldn't get around to, but I, we just relish in getting to mess around and do that kind of stuff. So, well, when you guys started playing that, everyone's like, "Whoa!" I mean, it was super cool. And then you played uh, Rocky Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions, who were just in town. <laughs> I don't know, four months ago when I saw them. So, I mean, that definitely scored you guys some points with a bunch of 80s rockers. <laughs> so. Totally. Yeah, there was one show, like, about, I think, like, a year or two ago. David, believe it or not, is is actually, like, two and a half years younger than the rest of us. He's and the so, baby, huh? <laughs> he's the baby, yeah. So we were playing at this casino in Winter Haven, which is, like, right near the California and Arizona border. And it was about 30 minutes before showtime. We had done sound check and everything. And then, like, a security guard comes into our dressing room, and he's like, hey, I need to see your guys' IDs. What? We had never really had a problem of, like, not being able to play the show. Like, at casinos <laughs> before we were 21, it was, it was like, we'll play, and then we'll leave, you know? But these guys, they weren't having it, and they, they told David, like, 30 minutes before the show that he couldn't play. <laughs> what? So we, we quickly worked up, like, a, an acoustic set, basically. And then we, we, we talked to to Ario's drum tech and we were like hey do you know comfortably numb and he's like hell yeah like of course i know comfortably numb and he <laughs> came out on the last song and, and played david's kit and it was it was pretty funny but yeah it was both hilarious and tragic at the same yeah. time 
That is unbelievable. Wow, and you played Comfortably Numb. I mean, talk about... That's actually one of my favorite guitar songs. I mean, it's obviously just out of this world. That's really cool. I remember uh, when, when I saw you guys at one point, Shane said something like, you know, we're just here to play a bunch of songs that you guys don't know. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Totally. <laughs> yeah, we've opened for REO at this point now a pretty good amount of times. We've kind of come to learn like what originals do better. And we've we've gotten to try a lot of different covers. Yeah. And um, so we kind of, you know, we definitely when we're putting together our set, we are like kind of hyper aware of the fact that like, okay, no one's going to know us. Like, how can we kind of piece together this set to where, like, we still have enough originals to where it's, like, an original set, but then, like, there's enough covers to kind of, like, make it a little extra fun for the crowd. Mm -hmm. Like, here's some stuff that they recognize. And so, I don't know. I feel like at this point we we have a a pretty decent idea of just the pacing of our set and, and how many covers to do, where to put them, and what covers to do now so definitely would have been different if you saw us you know open for them a couple years ago for sure well and that's really cool because that's how you learn you have the road for trial and error to try things and i think every artist goes through that whether it's a you know one person and a a single acoustic guitar seeing what songs resonate what songs don't and the order of things yeah i mean that's cool that you guys have that opportunity uh, to do that. We're going to play uh, another song. We're going to play uh, different. Tell us about this song and then then we'll uh, give it a listen. This is another one that Josh and I worked primarily together on. I don't really, I mean, this was another one that came about like super quickly. Like I don't really mm. remember what we came up with first, but I think yeah. there was just a groove that we were jamming one day. And I think I might've come up with like some variation of that intro guitar part. And then we sort of just like wrote the the rest from there it started off i know it started off as like a like a ride edge banger like we played it super heavy at first mm-hmm. and then That's true. and then when we recorded it we were like okay we we should probably like tighten this up a little bit nice nice well cool let's give this a listen this is different by sir please
great, great song. I can see why you would add that to your live set. It, that's a good one. It moves and it's uh, it's just a fun song. So tell us what is next for Sir Please. I, I think you guys are recording right now. Did I Is that right? Did I catch that in one of the emails back and forth? That's right. We've been in the studio for like on and off for the past couple months working on our next sort of group of songs. And we're going to definitely start releasing music in the coming months. So that's what's directly next. And then once all the music's out, we're going to go as many places as, as they'll let us and play it. <laughs> Very cool. Do you have all the, all the writing done or is that something you guys are still working on? We have, we have all the writing done. A lot of the songs that we're working on now are from a long time ago, actually. Like we have a sort of stockpile of songs that maybe just needed a little bit of a tune up or whatever, but something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, it's the, the singles that we're looking to release though are, are brand new songs that we wrote over the past maybe year or two. Now, do you guys go into the studio with everything arranged or do you just have the core of it and then you do more of your arranging in the studio? Like, What's that process for you guys? We make pretty detailed demos, sometimes to our downfall, um, <laughs> because we'll end up like kind of trying to chase the things we did like on our own. But yeah, we, we find it pretty important to try to map out as much of, a, of an arrangement as we can before going in. You guys have, you know, some musical parents and stuff like that. Do you guys find that your parents want to have some input? And the reason I ask, because I'm a dad, I've got two teenage musicians and my son Luke was going to have a a trumpet solo for a piece in jazz band. He's still in high school. And I was like, oh, cool. I could help you work out some phrasing. He's like, nah, dad, I I think I'm good. I think I got it. Uh, So do do you guys get that? I think our parents understand that you know, in terms of like the music and like what we're writing and that sort of thing, that mm-hmm. I think they tend to be pretty hands off because they understand that it's not really their thing. That being said, I do think we are lucky to have knowledgeable parents that I'm sure they, at least I'll speak for myself. My dad loves to drop little dimes of wisdom on me whenever he sees fit. So nice. I would say it's less giving actual input on like what we're doing creatively and more just like trying to you know have some some tips and pointers along the way to sort of help us out but i think they also understand that nowadays like it's a very different music industry a very different game it was you know even 20 years ago so so yeah and i think they get that so yeah we are able to rehearse like in our house and so like even that alone is is just like huge being able to have a space where we can play loud and and not you know have to worry about that is really cool i remember um you know just in in my younger days but after high school we'd go over to friends houses and jam and uh you know they'd had converted a room but it was covered all the walls were covered in layers and layers of carpet no air conditioning and you know i grew up in la and it could could get warm but you have no circulation it gets hot fast so hopefully you guys have a nice space to play in Uh, back when we were first starting for the first couple of years, we were, we had a situation sort of like that, where we were in a room with no air conditioning. And like in the summers, like we'd go into the room and first thing we would do, turn on all three fans. Yeah. 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 All, strip off all our clothes and get to work. Yeah. <laughs> you guys go red hot chili peppers, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't cover up. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. So do you guys have a time frame for release or is it uh, just kind of singles and see when things play out? Literally like in this last week, our, uh, our producer that we're working with, there was this big storm in LA and his yeah. studio actually kind of endured a little bit of leakage and water damage. So he kind of had to unplug everything. And so it were kind of on like a more of a looser schedule. We haven't announced any release date or anything like that yet. Yeah. The first single that we want to release is basically about to get mixed. So we're probably, you know, a, a couple weeks away from having the master for that. And then, you know, a couple weeks after that, it'll come out. So, I mean, the next single probably could and, and, and will come out within the next like two months or so. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more music from you guys. And you have an open invitation. If you guys want to come back and do an album preview or something like that, I'd love to have you guys back on to talk about that. So in a minute here, we're going to talk about how people can support you guys, where they can get updates and find uh, the new single when it comes out. But before we do that, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun. We're going to play a game called Who and Why. And um, it's it's a stupid name for a stupid game. So what can I say? But uh, I'm going to ask you guys just some questions uh, like who's more likely to get a speeding ticket. And then you respond by saying the name of the person that you think it is. So if it's yourself, you say your own name kind of thing. Make sense? Yeah. Totally. If the zombie apocalypse were to start today, who from among you guys is going to be the first to go down? Michael. No way, man. Probably you, David. <laughs> yeah. Say so why. Well, you're a smart guy, but but you're you're a little clumsy sometimes. You know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. He's an intelligent, he's an intelligent man. I was gonna go Michael then you. And me, that's, I, mean, I was gonna, that, say, I was gonna say, I'm going straight to David's house because David's gonna have like a I feel like, four. Yeah, I feel like I'm the like... one that's surviving. This <laughs> but that's only because of your dad, not because of you. My dad. Yeah, you're, Dude, I'm going to David's dad's house. <laughs> I, I, well, I was gonna be David. The next question was gonna be, you know, who's going to be the last one standing from among you guys? I feel definitely me or Josh. You that's... gotta say your own name, David. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We give. I'm so definitely not David, but maybe Josh. I'm surprised this is controversial. I feel like David is is gonna outlast us, the rest of us, by a long time. Like, <laughs> I, like they're gonna make a TV show. David's gonna get bit from behind, bro. Dude, <laughs> David's gonna trip on something. David, he, he's the biggest target. You know, he's the tallest of us. He's slow. He's got the most hair. <laughs> I'm kidding. I feel like I'm gonna be the first to go because I have I have really juicy thighs. I feel like the zombies are just gonna be like foaming at the mouth, just like give me a bite of that. Yeah, and I got nothing on me, so they're, no, yeah. they're just gonna pass me by. I yeah. get them eventually. Yeah. And if, if there is a if there is one quote I've heard so far that will that would summarize this podcast is that. I have really juicy thighs. That's great. <laughs> <He's not wrong. laughs> that could be a single <laughs> juicy thighs. No, never mind. <laughs> At the end of the night, you guys pack up your gear, you get in the van, you're going to your next place. Who is the first to fall asleep? Andrew Torgelson, our sax player. Yeah. He's not in the room. But then Michael. Then Michael. Yeah. No, no. Michael, Michael sleeps with his eyes open. And it's 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 pretty controversial for us because. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just playing dead. <laughs> All right. So if you guys are touring the world, who would be most likely to cause an international ordeal? Oh, wow. 
<laughs> can, can, you, can you embellish? Yeah, like what kind of ordeal? Something that's going to make the news that the state, the U.S. State Department's going to get have to get involved in to rectify. <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> I feel like Michael because I think one of your guitars has like that, like rosewood that's like really mm-hmm. rare. And Dude, like you're do not, not allowed. bring that up right now. I have no rare guitars. No nothing. Last question. Who is more likely to pillage someone else's snacks when that person's not looking? David. Well, duke it out. Go. I feel like I would ask. I'm just going to say straight up, I will raid your snacks. Yeah, I guess Josh. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is Josh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So let's talk about support. So where's the best place for people to hear what you're doing, to get updates about where they can see you guys live? What's uh, what's the best place we can all get that? So we have a in our Instagram, which is at Sir Please Band, one word. In our bio, there we have a link tree. So basically, if you click on that link, it'll you know give you hyperlinks to like our TikTok, our Facebook, our YouTube, our website where you can buy merch. If we have any like shows that are booked, we'll usually put like a direct link to the tickets for that as well. So that's kind of the one-stop shop for, mm-hmm. for any any links. Yeah, and if, cool. if you don't have Instagram, you can find us pretty much anywhere at Sir Please Band. Anything that we're doing is definitely going to be on Instagram and Facebook. So that's very cool. That's probably mm-hmm. the, the best place to, to start. Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the episode notes. So when people are listening to this, they can just scroll down and click and get right to your link tree. I think link trees are just the coolest thing. So. Well, I want to encourage everybody to support these guys. They're making great music. Buy some merch, go to shows, stream their album, tell your friends. You know, bands today have a lot of headwinds. And so you can help guys like Sir Please by doing the things that I just mentioned. So, so guys, thank you so, so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate uh, your music. I appreciate your time today and, and thoroughly loved our conversation. Thank you very, very much. Thanks so much, Brian. Have a, have a great day. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, awesome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. That's at Journey to the Stage Podcast. That's my handle. I'll find us on YouTube, which is pretty new and a little out of date right now. i got to catch that thing up. So all those links will be in the podcast description as well. So keep your bags packed and join us on our next Journey to the Stage. And that is a wrap. Nice. nice.